Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Carolina Social Club podcast. This is going to be episode number 14. Can you believe that? Thought we've done that many. Yeah, with me, wow. Eddie and B, as usual, I am Josh. How's everybody doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty pretty tired. Been been an eventful last 48 hours, but uh, doing pretty good. This fucking guy over here with a life. This, yeah. this fucking guy over here visiting his family. Jeez, oh. Fuck. oh, God. Oh, we share a bloodline. Let's hug. Fuck off. <laughs> Brandon, how you doing? You know, I love my children. Okay. <laughs> no, but... Um, is that followed um, by a butt or is that just no, a general statement? No. Well, actually, yeah, it does. We'll talk about that in a little bit, I guess. Okay. But no, uh, tomorrow is my 15-year wedding anniversary. Hell oh, yeah. Got anything, uh, anything schmancy planned? Um, well, she doesn't know that I've got, well, she won't know this until after the fact. So I was about to say, this is really good time to really kind of, yeah. Uh, I am, I got a, um, a customized red velvet cake coming for her. Nice. Um, which considering how little she can eat these days because of her, you know, exercise and all that other shit. I'm imagining this thing will last probably until our 16th wedding anniversary. So. <laughs> Just put it in the freezer. You'll be good to go. Right? Yeah. yeah that's what until my oldest sees it. Cause for some reason he loves red velvet. I mean, of all the cakes, he's the bougie motherfucker. Can't just like birthday cake. No, gotta like that red velvet with the cream cheese icing. Hell yeah. I mean, you want him to have taste, don't you? <laughs> oh yeah. No, I do. I do. I just, it's one of those things you don't expect. You Damn it, I mean? son. I want you to like potted meat and little Debbie's. I want you to have a very bland taste yeah. until you get older. I want oh. you to survive on the uh, microwavable hamburgers from the dollar store. Yo, count me in on those, though. Actually, for real. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's that good shit. You for real just like drop knowledge right there. We're all like, oh, no, no, uh, those are the shit. Yeah, no, we're, See, we're I was always I was always way more into the microwave rib sandwich better than a Mac rib. Like also, a- also good. But I, to okay. to give you some context, I've got a, a box of taquitos in the freezer downstairs. So that like is, I've, I I vibe with that. That is not a problem. That no, is not a problem. Box of taquitos is pretty legit. Yep. Yeah. And so I also got her. Um, she's into she's into horror, but she's into horror in the sense that like she wants to be able to display stuff that talks about horror or that like she can enjoy yeah. that the kids won't freak out about. Okay. So, like, um, on her desk, because we share an office room here as I'm recording, I look over, and next to her, Leslie Nope Funko Pop is a Michael Myers just standing there. That's a great juxtaposition. Yeah. Um, and to flank that, I got her um, a fawn from Pan's Labyrinth. Okay. Um, just like a statue. That was a turn. I liked it. That, oh, guy, it I thought you were going to say Jason. I thought they're the obvious choice was going to be there. It wasn't taken. She hates the fuck out of Jason, actually. There's like there's beef. Like what are we talking about? <laughs> she wants to fight Jason. She will fuck him up. No, she she. The best way I can describe it, based on how she's explained it to me in the past, it seems as though she is more of a like. He's too easy. You know what I mean? Um, he's an unkillable super supernatural being that's super strong okay i get it yeah she's like one of the reasons that she likes michael myers is the fact that at its core you could still kind of say half the stuff he's done in his movies 
aren't really supernaturally based. No, no, I, I get it's it. A, Michael Myers is a dude. Yeah, it's 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 easy for her to get down on that. Plus, the face, the shape, just the way the original was filmed. I mean, it's it's a great horror well, film a, in general. Absolute classic. Um, so she that's that's her favorite is Michael Myers. Um, and then Pan's Labyrinth. Even though I don't, it's not necessarily horror. The, the wine bottle scene it's horror oh no 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 there's plenty of stuff in there that is horrific but it's really hard for me to look at pan's labyrinth as horror i could show that like to a younger demographic than i could like gory shit you know what i mean yeah i wouldn't consider pan's labyrinth horror it's it it's hard because guillermo del toro um he does really good horror stuff so i could i could see based on the special effects that that's the kind of thing that'll give you nightmares. But he obviously. also really, really enjoys kind of doing a little bit of little bit of mix and match, you know? Yeah. Like Hellboy 2 is sort of a supernatural horror film, but it's also a romantic comedy. Yeah. You know, so Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And um the wife and I, we saw Pan's Labyrinth. Honestly, we've only ever watched it one time. <laughs> But the thing is, is that it's it's one of those movies that if you've ever seen it, it stays with you. Mm -hmm. It never leaves you. We still talk about it. We still reminisce about it. And it's been well over a decade since we saw it. You know, we bought it. We own it. And we think about it a lot. You know, it's just it just resonated. So I got her that and I got her um, a Lego chess set, um, which I think I told you all about before. Yeah. Um, and then I got her a Hogwarts Express to go with her giant fucking Hogwarts castle. So, yeah, it's a Talking lot more. Park here. It, it's a lot more fun stuff for you know for her to enjoy. Um, so I don't have to, you know. I thought I wanted to kind of do it in my wheelhouse. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess that she's. Because I don't know, Josh, uh, how hard is it for you to buy for for Kelly? Um, that kind of depends on the year because she'll mention stuff throughout the year that like she likes or she wants or or whatever. Uh, for Christmas this year, I modified and, and built a com- uh, not a computer, a, a keyboard for her, like a mechanical keyboard for her that. Uh, like I, you know, modded all the switches and bought our keycap set. So it's like all fancy and whatever. And like, I felt like that was a good gift and it is a good gift. Um, and then sometimes, sometimes it's just like, what is, what do I know that she needs? So last year, not this, not this past year, but the year before for Christmas, I built her a computer because her laptop was on the way out and I knew that she needed one. Sometimes it's easy like that. Sometimes, sometimes I miss, um, you know, for one of our earlier anniversaries, I gave her like a teddy bear with a locket on it. I think that wasn't a great, that wasn't a great one, you know? Right. Um, so it, it's, it is and it isn't hard because like, I'll think of stuff that I want to get her and either it'll be too expensive or unavailable or whatever, or I'll think of right. something that she might like find cool or interesting. And then that's a little easier, but I don't know. It's, I think I'm a lot harder to to buy for than she is. Eddie, what is the shittiest gift you ever got somebody? Man. 
Um, I mean, nothing is pretty high up there, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, I'd say I'd say nothing. I have I have fully forgotten uh, things. Oh God, I don't even yeah. want to think about it. I feel I feel bad, even though I don't have the greatest relationship with like my siblings. Um, well, my my two sisters anyway. I for two straight years now have forgotten my sister's birthday all the way around. So I get it. Um, and I'll tell you how bad it is. Her husband's father died the day before her birthday. And I remembered to like check in with my brother-in-law the day before her birthday. Uh, but I, I don't know. I can't, I'm kind of on, on your side with that one. If I'm being honest. Yeah, I am too. Because like the birthday kind of happens every year and that's you know a big crazy thing that occurred so of course you're going to check it on that that's going to be the fresh thing in your mind yeah she's also kind of a bitch so yeah. there, there you go, go. <laughs> carolina social club and she deserves hey. that <laughs> you know it's all right you know my, my siblings aren't gonna like support my dreams anyway so they're not gonna hear this that's fine. <laughs> well there you go even <laughs> yeah. even better deserved it twice <laughs> oh goodness so uh with that in mind guys eddie uh what's going on with you bud you know not really not that much i mean things are a little bit crazy right now because things are starting to kind of move with the the new gig um you guys can jeer and shame me and all that um, i don't know i have any idea what you're talking about our segment's coming up don't worry about it no, you don't have any idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> you set me up for it, and you knew I was going to take the bait too. Is the worst part. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, it's just been in general learning new stuff. That's cool. Like even even not in a work setting, I I I'm a big fan of the learning when it's yeah. on on my terms. I like I like kind of catching new things, and that's. I, I always really like if I can kind of get a look behind the curtain. Like if I see a little bit how the sausage gets made, I'm very pleased. Yeah, I get that. As a former teacher, I don't fucking care about learning anymore. So, be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no longer a shaper of young minds. No, no, I fucking I hate that so much now. Oh my god. Oh, well, you know hey, what? what's yeah. new with you two? Well. You know, we have a name for this segment, and that's the uh, J&B Unemployment Jamboree. Jamboree. Unemployment Jamboree. Jamboree. So do you you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Because we're looking for the O. That's right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know what? Mine's low. Mine's pretty low-key. This past couple weeks, guys, I've just been dealing with that resume lady. Uh... I've had a couple of people reach out to want me to apply to a couple of things. Um, and I have applied to those things and knowing that I had a mentally handicapped um, resume, I still submitted it. They never heard, I never heard back from them. So I kind of just embrace it at this point. I'm just going to wait for this to be done. And hopefully, hopefully something will come of it. It, it comes with a 60 day interview guarantee so hey (laughs) (laughs) but i will say this i will say this um my wife and i have talked about the idea of pulling my um our our three-year-old out of daycare Uh um 
because they've gone up in their rates and their care is not commiserate with the amount we want to pay. So we're, we're contemplating pulling him out and looking for something else. Um, and if that happens, I mean, I don't know what that's going to entail for the job, but that's going to be about twelve, thirteen hundred dollars back in our pockets. Nice. You know, so fingers crossed something happens there. If I got to take care of him during the day for, you know, a few weeks in there, that's that's perfectly fine. He's allegedly my son, so it's fine. Allegedly. You used to I, it by now. I've seen now. I've seen that kid. He is definitely your son. Oh, yeah. No, genetically, there's no fucking way. Like, <laughs> it's one of the situations that if I actually did openly contest it, we went on Maury. Maury would just stare at me like, dude. Why are you wasting dude. my time we're, like this? We're not, we're not wasting our money on the test, by the way. Not even, no, I don't even have an envelope in my hand right now. Just get out of my face. Yeah, just, just leave. Yeah. What about you, Josh? So uh, I'm still an unemployed free agent. It's been 18 days. Since I was uh, terminated from my from my job, it's been eighteen days since my last job. It's um, been eighteen days since I was employed. I, uh, I've applied for about <laughs> seventy jobs. I've obsessed over my resume for all eighteen days. I'm um, obsessed with my resume. Yeah, I'm. I'm considering getting like a, a resume lady, like you have. To be honest, just to take a look at it, somebody who's outside of my family and outside of like all that stuff, just because like I have a lot of HR in my family, and I could absolutely engage them if I wanted to. But I kind of want uh, somebody who has fresh eyes to look at it and see like what the deal is. Um, I've, I've mentioned two things at this stage. Um, one is I require your portion of this section to always have me doing sort of Jodeci harmony <laughs> over it. Um, that was my Sinead O'Connor, sir. Uh, sounded Jodeci to me. Uh, uh, you know, it's because I'm in Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> All my life. Uh, the other thing is, it's just wild to me, just looking at it from from my end of things that, like things that I would consider to be luxuries in the job search world, no fewer than three years ago, like having people to doctor the resume and, and headhunters are just sort of how you have to enter the game now. Otherwise you're just behind everybody. I can tell you, let me, let me chime in for just a second here. You know, a one luxury that I've noticed um, is having a job. No, that's a great luxury to have. And if you've got one of those, you're already way ahead in the game when it comes Man, to I was being job. I was being sincere. Oh no, I am too. Because if if Josh and I were looking for work without you know, while still being employed, there would be so much less stress. Mm, true. You know what I mean? Yeah. But his came out of nowhere. I had, you know, I had to make the shift whenever I did. If we still had the ability to work. It would be great. I don't want it to be a situation. I don't think neither one of us like this situation. We're we're making light of it, but we fucking hate this. Yeah, we were talking before the, you know, before we started recording, and like it might have been before you joined the Zoom call, Eddie. Um, about like I'm just it it feels weird not to be working. Like it's it's only been it's been 18 days, and I've taken like time off. Yeah, you know. That's uh, that's around around eighteen days or so, and it just feels different because I know that I'm not going back to my job. Like, it's yeah, I can feel that. I uh, I drove by the office today because I was I was getting dinner, 
And it was the first time I'd been back over there since since it had happened. I was like, you know, I can go pee on the wall and I know I know where all the I know where all the the cameras are. So, like, I could get away with it. (laughs) But I I did. I didn't. Um, But yeah, I I don't know. I've I've applied for a lot of jobs. I've heard back on a couple. I had a little nibble on uh, February 9th. I got a, a phone interview request. I had that on the 11th and then. I thought it went really well. Like the guy told me like I was on to the next step for sure. We just need to get the scheduling ironed out, so on and so forth. And then Monday morning at nine o'clock in the morning, I get an email from like, I get the automated ATS email or whatever. That's like your, your application has been denied. Basically. We don't want your ass. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, that's, that's, exa- that's exactly what I said. And I, I didn't get any, I've gotten no other like communication from the dude. Um, despite like reaching out and being like, can you give me some, some feedback? Because like, I'm trying seems, to seems like we were cool, man. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, it's just nothing. And they still have the job listed on their, on their career site. So I don't just know. Apply again. I considered yeah. it. Just do it. Just do it again and again and again until they finally take you. Just look at all the keywords in the applicant, in the like job opening, and then just add that a bunch of times. And then ACS <laughs> is going to be like, <laughs> Oh my God. Just send the a word document with just the keywords in it. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, take a look yeah. at your resume, man. This thing is amazing. You might even be overqualified. It says you've been in 17 different IT jobs. Yep, yep. that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm just uh, just kind of carrying on. I've got, you know, decent savings and things like that to, to kind of carry me for a little while. And I'm not I'm trying not to stress about it, but also like it feels really weird not to be working. So. Yeah, yeah I'd imagine, yeah. especially for you, it's. uh you know, you just, you just, you need, you need to be doing stuff. Yeah, kind of. I, uh, I picked up like a freelance contract for the company that, you know, Kelly works for. I'm waiting for my first project there. That'll help. That'll be nice. Cause it'll but, just uh, give you something to deal with. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, the greater search carries on for me. Mm. No. I can tell you guys as we work through this resume thing with this lady, um, it, it is very important that as much as we want to say, you know, that we talk about this guy like um, communicating with Josh and then all of a sudden just like stonewalling him after the fact, there is no personable like aspect to this anymore. That's like, what I'm kind of getting at the fact that we have to essentially rig our resume to ding keywords like it's like a google search yeah that that does a disservice to any skills that we may actually possess um you're putting us far better than i did yeah no the thing about this is like i can talk about this a lot easier when it's not me honestly Mm. um josh for those of you who don't really know josh has he has skills that he was severely underpaid for yep okay and one of the things that he's doing right now is is assessing his worth in this field that he's in and the issue that he's going to be coming into is this is such a technical field that he's going to have to hit these key words that ats and these fucking algorithms can determine whether or not he's worthwhile right the dude hasn't even hit 40 he's not even hit 40 and he has been 
like helping to run a company. Yep. That's huge. Yep. Okay. And, and, and the fact that he's going to have to sell himself, not to a person, but to an algorithm mm-hmm. that in essence is fucked beyond belief. And it's not just the algorithm. He has to sell himself to the algorithm. Then he has to sell himself to the HR person who's the first intake person. Mm-hmm. They're going to get him over to somebody else who actually has a little bit of scheduling power. He's going to sell himself to them. Then he has to sell himself to the people he's actually going to be working for. At least in those instances, though, that's like he has the chance of speaking to someone. Mm-hmm. Right. True facts. True facts. And, 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 and as much as we hate to have to continuously sell ourselves in those situations, mm-hmm. um, Josh is charismatic enough and, and you know charming enough to get oh, his foot in the guys. door and bl- just shut the fuck up and get through <laughs> these things him. without it say about you. without <laughs> having to be bogged down. Mm-hmm. He's not a socially awkward guy, you know. Um, he's able to handle this. He's got charisma. So I, I often say, just speaking for myself, like if I can just get in the fucking door, you let me speak to the person. I got it. It's all I need to do is get in. Yeah. Well, that's why it was so it was so shocking that like, you know, my my interview with this dude went really well. And uh and then Monday morning, like it it honestly there was a there was a moment where I was like, I wonder if this is just a time-based automated thing because this this happening versus how my interview went does not make any sense at all. And I usually don't miss reads on this on these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. It's like a bad Tinder date. I mean, yeah, kinda. It feels good until you get home and they don't even and they just straight ghost you. You don't even get like a get a fucking reply back saying, hey, the chemistry wasn't there. The the job search has been tenderized. It has. Well, I've started uh, I've started when I apply for something that's really interesting um, or that I really like. And it's not just like a, a similar position with more money. Yeah. I'll send an, like a, a LinkedIn message or an email or whatever to the recruiter on the position. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't, that hasn't like hit at all yet. either. <clears throat> oh, and that's, that's hilarious to me is the fact that I've done that stuff too. Um, and I've been following up on LinkedIn after I sent in an application, I'll go to the website itself. I'll send the application, make sure it's in there. Um, and then I'll send a message a couple days later to the recruiter you know, just a, just a, a simple, like, hello, hi, whatever, because LinkedIn's like, you should follow them now. And then like, they never respond, nothing. Yep. And you know, because LinkedIn says you should follow them. If you follow them, you'll see they're active. Yep. They just don't give a fuck about you. Yeah. I um signed back up for LinkedIn premium to kind of get some more data and things like that, you know? It's like 30 a month, right? It's 40 a month, dude. It's expensive. Yeah, I'd like to point that out again, going back to that show that we talked about. You got to pay $40 a month so that people can give a fuck about you getting a job. Yeah, it's to- it's crazy. <laughs> no, you're good. It's, it's just, it's it's such a different world than it was because like I worked for my last company for seven years and you know, it's such a different world in the job search world now than it was back then. Like back then it was really just like Indeed and, you know, Dice and LinkedIn every once in a while. And now it's just like, have your resume right. Make sure you get the thank you note in. Thank everybody. If you have letters of recommendation, send them at this specific time. Follow up with the recruiter after you, uh, after you drop your application, you know, so on and so on and so forth. And every single position that you, you look at, 
like it used to be you'd have so the job that i got seven years ago i had one phone i didn't even did i have a phone screen no i i got a phone call from the hr guy to come in i was on my way to uh clemson with kelly because she was doing she she did her master's degree there got a phone call he was like and i had usually stayed for several days or whatever and so he was he was like when can you come in for an interview and i said i'll come in monday came in that monday had the interview went home that day got the offer same night like i had one interview or two technically it was two interviews because i had an interview with the hr guy and then one with the, with the guy who is my boss and that was it and now it's like phone screen like you said interview with the hiring manager interview with your team interview with your boss like just just to maybe get an offer and it's oh, it's crazy and, and the thing is is i don't want to discount the 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 like job searchers out there the unemployed the active ones are like all doing the same thing you know maybe maybe a hundred people applied to the same job i don't know it's it's understandable if um you're not going to get the, every job you apply for that's that's right yeah we're not we're not i i'm speaking for josh here we're not saying you know we're so fucking great that every job that we've applied for should be like bending over backwards to try to get us yeah it's it's more of a matter of like after how hard we have to work to be to sell ourselves mm-hmm. how hard you have to work just to be seen yeah yep. You want to talk about demoralizing to be ignored completely after what you put in, after the excitement you feel, and then no one responds to you. The worst thing in the fucking world, like Josh is mentioning it here again and again. And if those of you who are listening, if you've ever experienced this, you know what this is like. You feel that excitement that maybe just maybe someone cares. They've seen your skill. They see who you are. You feel seen like eddie said and then you go and you get an automated email telling you that you ain't been seen so then you're trying to figure out were you just lied to (laughs) was this i mean it's were you talking to a fucking sociopath over here here's here's the honest question would you rather take i i feel like for me personally i would rather take five in-person rejections before i take an automated email rejection Yeah. yeah no i agree with you yes and you know, I help, fuck it. I don't even need like uh, um in person. You can call me. Yeah, just just verbally. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a job that I interviewed for earlier this year. Um, I didn't like it. I walked out and I was like, oh, there's there's no way I'm getting this one. I don't. I bombed the interview. It didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. He he wasn't feeling me. I wasn't feeling him. It just was not going to be a good fit. He emailed me and said, you know we're moving forward but you should still apply to other places blah 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 blah. it was a quick three line email not even three sentences it was just three lines it was good enough for me i don't need you to give a shit about me beyond letting me know that you give some shit yeah just like just just a little bit you know there's a a little bit of humanity and involved in the process and you know i don't I'm, i'm like you i don't want a lot I, I would like to get some feedback as to why this guy decided after a weekend that I wasn't worth having another conversation with, but I'm never going to get that information. I just need to let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is what it is. 
and I've applied to like 50 more jobs since then. So, I mean, you know. It is what it is, I guess. Yep. Damn shame. Damn, Damn shame. shame. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I would have been good at at what I was interviewing for. Like, there's no doubt about that. It was, I would have been excellent at it, but you know, not in the cards. Maybe I'll find something else. Oh man. Cards. Indeed. What? You ever wonder where that shit comes from? Like it's not in the cards. Is that like a tarot card thing? That's a gambling thing. I think. Um, probably both. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. I'm, Kelly will I'm chime in Uno. when she hears this. And I'm uh, saying, I'm saying Uno. Okay. I'm saying somebody is sitting there going, "I just want to draw four so fucking bad." They kept pulling from the deck, and he's like, "God damn it! So many reverses, nothing." Then he got beat by a fucking four year old. Looks like it originated in the early 1800s and is a reference to tarot no, cards. Oh, you're googling as well. Okay. Yeah. Tarot cards. All right. I was going to try to be sneaky on that. Yeah. No. The, the thing is, is like I. <laughs> when i hang out with with kelly while she's working or whatever she'll randomly be like oh have have you heard the phrase blah 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 and i'll be like yeah i have and she's like did you know that that originated in like 1845 and etc 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 because that's part of like the work that she has to do for for her job and uh so it was just very similar she loves it it's great i love it 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 sounds like fun as fuck yeah it is uh but you know I don't like, I don't have that knowledge and I just I just have to google it so I feel like I learned this week that l- the phrase lousy comes from being louse ridden Yeah like that's having, that sounds yeah, right I think so yeah So like all of a sudden I felt like somehow cultured that I had learned <laughs> that and I'm like I'm going to spring that on somebody and I'm going to be like yeah motherfucker I know this oh, man, I love little tidbits like that that you can just kind of interject though they do make me feel smart I'm not going to lie Bro, if life was a Jeopardy game, I'd be God. Oh, God, don't get me started on Jeopardy. I love Jeopardy so much. And, and honestly, trivia in its totality is just yeah. something that I could be a little obsessive about. <laughs> I remember the uh, one of my schools that I used to work at when the everybody would come together and get drunk in the bars after, you know, after hours or before hours, whatever. And... Um, they would have the trivia contest in the bars or whatever. They'd always want me to be on the team because I knew so much random bullshit. But then at the same time, halfway through, it goes from, oh, that's awesome to incredulous. How do you know that to Jesus fucking Christ? How much shit do you know to like, oh my God, he's such a nerd. (laughs) See, for me, often it's, I get to those stages, but then I also get to the stage of like, you don't know that? And I'm like, "Uh, no, I didn't know. Oh, the worst. That's the worst when you don't know something all of a sudden. And and everybody looks at you like, this is a basic building block of existence. And you go, ah, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was unaware. We used to oh. do the, the trivia thing at a, a restaurant that has since closed. It was back in the olden times before we had to wear masks everywhere. And uh, <laughs> there was one night where we won and we were competing against this guy who's actually like a, a like a semi-famous actor. Uh, his name, who, he, was, who is it? he was on that show. Let me think of it. It's, he's got a weird face. He's on the show Southland. <laughs> he's got a weird face. He does. 
Josh he, Dumal? No, he was on the show Southland, and uh, Hold on, he, he like a constant character on there. Sean, it was it was Sean Hatosi. That's who it was. Sean Hatosi, huh? Yeah, uh, and he was there like. Oh God, yeah, that's with a his, punchable guy. With his agent or whatever. That's a punchable and I, guy. And I and we beat that ass. I'm just saying, we beat that ass, and I was very very happy about that. And you're not wrong. That that is. Uh... I remember him from I remember him from Alpha Dog, a fucking disturbing movie. Yeah. Good good movie though. Yeah, I, I think that he was on a show that filmed here or something like that, and that's why he was in town. But yeah, it was fun. You were like, Yeah, get out of my fucking restaurant. This is my city. Yeah, my I, city, bitch. My I, city face man. More like your, Sean Halitosis. You can take your, your agent ass. and just go fuck yourself. Yeah. What have you been on, Felicity? Shit. Don't nobody know nothing about that show except for what's her name and her hair. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> hey, now he was Earl. in one episode of SEAL Team this year. You be quiet. <gasps> oh, he played Mark Lee. Good yeah, for him. Mark Lee. Good, good for him. Great, great role. Mark Lee was a juicy one. Mm-hmm. You know, they were talking to Robert De Niro about it. Oh, God. You know, but, you don't want Robert De Niro to be on there. You know, you know he, he, they yeah, looked at Robert much, De Niro so with their second choice, Sean Atosi. I'm imagining Robert De Niro was hamming it up, and they're like, "We need somebody who can take this seriously." You know who we need? <laughs> Get me Sean Atosi. <laughs> yeah, this, this De Niro guy's okay, but we really want an actor's actor. Can somebody put in a call to Sean Atosi's agent? God, <laughs> I mean, Robert De Niro. This guy is probably a wonderful person too. It's the worst part. <laughs> he's been married to his wife since 2010. Like, oh my God. Yeah, been- by all accounts, he was super chill. Like he he tipped well to the people that were at the. At the restaurant, like people are too when they get fucking humbled. He was, he, well, I mean, I did do that. His, his ass did get fucking humbled. So Josh is Josh is the uh, is the Iron Sheik of this circumstance. Yeah, I am. Josh gave Sean Hitosi a short arm clothesline. I did. Said that's my bar stool with my brain. I gave him a short arm clothesline with my brain. He See, knew. I remember trivia back in the days of the Damons because they had the video trivia. I love that shit too. Oh my god. Oh, his children's names by the way cassius leo and finn in the world of hollywood that's reasonable yeah, that, that, yeah. i'm not mad i'm not mad it's the worst part the more i read the less i'm annoyed the, the more the more you read the, the worse you feel for your joke the matter oh, that you get at me he's a t- like, how, how could you do that to sean how could you do that to sean we love sean <laughs> he, was, he was a video ho on justin timberlake's music video wait how do you know he was a video ho was his well, role video ho? Does it say that? In I say that everyone that's in videos is video host. It's just quicker for me to Ronald say. Ronald Isley was a video ho. Yeah, he was. He was. What the hell is going on? Doing the sheets in my home. Good to see you all, Kelly. <laughs> Baby, wait, let me explain. Before you start to. Why? Sorry. Sorry. My wife hates it when I go off on these Ronald Isley tangents. Between Ronald Isley and Michael McDonald, I like, I, just, I like how the Ronald Isley tangent is so commonplace that you're like, "Yeah, this is a constant source of issues between me and it's my wife." Really bad because <laughs> it's bad. My wife likes the Isley Brothers, and then whenever any Isley Brothers song comes on, she knows I'm going to be a really bad Ronald Isley for at least an hour afterwards. It's rough, and it and it's me just explaining shit around the house. You know, you've logged into your computer. <laughs> Okay, I can see how that could great. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Going down. It's bad. It's, I freely admit it's terrible what I'm doing to her. Oh, I'm God. stopping it. 
what is love if not like kind of low ronald isley persevering mental manipulation yeah and, and slowly digging into her brain <laughs> i Sean love her Tosi played uh, john mccain he played john mccain <laughs> apparently no relation no i think I, the, he, I think he was supposed to be john mccain no legit he was legit oh he was yeah. in faith of my fathers as john mccain, as john mccain. i'm saying opposite like the scott glenn Listeners, Scott Glenn was there. Listeners of the Carolina Social Club podcast, I apologize. No, the Sean Patosi Fan Club will not be denied, sir. I'm so sorry. will not sorry. be denied a moment to mention Scott Glenn, sir. Sean Hattosi has a bunch of movies. <laughs> I, I, may, I may apologize for that. Oh, God. Well, it, you know, at least it's better than the Michael McDonald, because the Michael McDonald, that goes for at least, it, it always goes longer than than any Isley brother that I do. I love Michael McDonald. Oh, it, but he's so easy to do. Like, he, oh, he's easy to do. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, people people who are really easy to imitate, I mean, it's just going to happen. Recorded a podcast. Carolina <laughs> Social Club. Get a Discord plug right in there. Discord.carolinasocialclub.com What are Man- you doing, boy? Manscaped. Okay, forget not in love anymore. All right. What a fool who believes. So uh, the actual topic, now that we've really just gone way around the bend. We went off the rails. We really shouldn't take weeks off. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's quite clear that when we do that, shit goes wrong. We're going to talk about things that uh, there's not really like a, a concise way to say this. So we're just going to say it's like nerdy shit that we're into. And we're going to educate you guys about it that we're obsessed about. Yeah. Yeah. So mine is Michael McDonald impersonations, guys. Let's get it going. <laughs> I mean, my, my, my thing is my list of things that I can get nerdy and obsessive over is sizable. I have, I have a real problem. Support John McCain. <laughs> It's not something I'm nerdy about. Yeah, I got I got two things that, that like <laughs> only two things Josh has ever been nerdy about. No, I mean I've been nerdy about a lot more things, but only two things I'm gonna talk about. Like I'm I'm a I'm a huge nerd for sure. Yeah. I've been thinking about getting into Warhammer. That's that's yeah. that's a that's a troubling sign for a man yeah. of age. <laughs> well, I mean it's it's a it's a big old rabbit hole too, because you get the figures, you gotta Paint the figures. Yeah, you know, I like the artistic aspect of. Yeah, no, pictures. I know. I, mean, you know, I get it. Superman does it. <laughs> Here's the problem for me, guys. Whenever there's something that I get into, I can't just dip a toe in. That's true. ever, ever, and it's a problem. You want to talk about bad? I got into Lego right when I resigned from my job. Lego. <laughs> It's like literally I got myself a rush of heroin and then I ran out of money. Yep. And so like I'm sitting here with my kids going, guys, guys, you want me to put this together with you. Guys, guys, get the fuck out of the way. I can do this. (laughs) It's hard. You know, I I can't half ass the things I'm obsessed with. So yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that. Like yeah, it's, I'm definitely with you on that. There's there's a certain if it catches my eye, and it can be the dumbest, tiniest thing that catches my eye, but if it catches my eye, I gotta be whole hog. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's do you guys when you learn like you get into something, are you able to 
kind of slowly get into certain things or you just like immediately jumped in super deep and then you you burn yourself out on it really fast that honestly depends on the cost like it's, if it, yeah, it's gonna be a cost-based thing for sure if it's if it's free then i can just go deep like super fucking fast but if it's something that costs money or i'd have to invest money to like really you know get what i want out of it mm-hmm. then i'll definitely slow burn it a lot more the internet's been very useful for that because you know there's really you know if i take the example of this sort of burgeoning warhammer thing that i'm kind of looking at you know in the olden era all i could really do was go and hang out at games workshop and probably buy stuff and just right. at that stage you're already in right and you know at this point i can not only read up on a lot of it um i can watch videos on the game being played i can watch videos on the figurines being painted speed painting for large batches mm-hmm. i can i can really immerse myself in do i want to do i want to invest this time attention and money yeah i do a lot of that too like um if there's a game coming out that i want to maybe oh. maybe invest my time in i'll watch let's plays i'll watch like mm-hmm. strategy videos and stuff like yeah. that like now that's for like the decide. larger scale stuff like like josh said that actually has a monetary component yep. now if it's just stuff that i can wikipedia or just youtube or just acquire through means then it can get <laughs> it can get really out of hand really quickly for like a, a good solid 48 hours it's, it's it, i call it an info vendor i get that yeah yeah absolutely I got into true crime and serial killers for like two days once. <laughs> yeah, that's, I go I go through that one cyclically though. I'll like not pay attention to serial killer or true crime documentaries, and then just one night out of the week, I'll be like, "Hey, what's going on with true crime?" <laughs> oh, okay, I guess that's what I'm doing for the next three days. You know what's really bad about true crime? If you're like me, is that you you immediately think to yourself. It's almost like hipster esque. You say to yourself, "I'm not going to get into the shit everybody else get into. I'm going to get into the darker shit." And then you read shit, you're just like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to read this anymore. I don't want to be a part. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to be here. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was listening to um, last podcast on the left, and they were, um, they were talking about the difference between people who like true crime, um, and just kind of enjoy the concept of listening to true crime once in a while, and the people who are obsessed with it. And it's like, if you know Ted Bundy, and you you like reading about Ted Bundy. And that's kind of your extent. That's okay. That's the that's the outskirts. That's the popular stuff. That's he is the pop artist of serial killers. But if you want to get dark and twisted, go read about Richard Chase. My dumbass goes and read about Richard Chase. Mistake. I'm done with, I'm done with serial killers. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna be like reading reading about Richard Chase changed the way I lock my doors at night. That's how bad that shit was. I'm not gonna ask about it. There was oh, actually, one. for him, it was simple. Okay, I'm not, real quick, and, and I'll stop there. <laughs> one of the reasons that Speaking one of the of ways sessions. no, one of the ways he went in and killed people was he would go and try to open their door, and if it was locked, he would not try to break into the home because he felt like that was the people saying he wasn't allowed in. But if they left a door or a window unlocked, they were willingly inviting him in. Wow. Ah. So I'm pretty obsessed about locking my shit now, even though he's long dead. Uh, You never know when there'll be a copycat. Exactly. Or just another dude who's like, that makes sense to me. I don't want to get killed by Dick Chase. Fair enough. Anyway, sorry, sir. Uh, No, I was just going to say there was one that um, 
Kelly's the, the true crime person in, in the house. Like I, I dabbled a little bit. Um, she's like, she really enjoys it. And we were, we were on our way back from somewhere. It was a, like a longer car drive. And she was telling me about, or we listened to a, an episode of a podcast about a, a nurse who like, I don't remember if she worked in a, in a nursing home or if she worked in an actual hospital and uh, she would just like euthanize people basically. And she, it took her forever to get caught. I mean, why not? Right. Yeah. And when she, when she got caught, she like, she was like totally brazen about it. She was like, I was helping these people just like move on with their lives. Like to- no, like <clears throat> no remorse. None of that. It was the same with, um, I don't know if you guys have seen the, the show Dr. Death or not, but like, that's a, that's another one with a guy who did like some fucked up shit and had no remorse for it whatsoever. The one I watched recently was the uh, Evil Genius one, which, uh, you know, roped me in pretty easily, episode one, because it's about a dude who, uh, I think they may have based a movie on it called 30 Minutes or Less. Oh, um, oh, the bomb. Okay, yeah, the yeah, bomb. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're like, they're talking about it, and they're like, you know, dude shows up, and he has a bomb strapped around his neck. And I'm like, okay, they're going to, like, do the discretion shot. <laughs> like, he's handcuffed on the ground. The cops are surrounding him in a radius. Mm-hmm. And the music's swelling, and I'm going, okay, they're just gonna they're gonna cut away before the thing happens because why <laughs> why blow the metaphorical wad this early? And and then just and then they're just like it just happens on the screen. And I'm like, oh shit. Like like literally in the apartment alone, me and the cat, and I go, Oh. <laughs> just that surprised that they would show that. And it was engrossing. I, I polished that entire son of a bitch off in a night. Yo, the worst thing about the the Netflix true crime documentaries, dude, holy fucking shit, you can get into that and not it's pull those, away. It's those dastardly Duplass brothers, man. Mark fucking and whatever the other one's name was, Franklin. I'm going to yeah. call him Franklin Duplass. That, that's, I was going to go Jim Bob, so that works. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, like like uh, anything they have a hand in, the, the fucking uh, Wild Wild Country. Oh, yes, exactly. Wild Wild Country, that thing is wild oh, crazy. so good. Oh, my God. So good. Oh, see, and that that's the that's the thing. I, I can respect anybody who can get into true crime and stay in true crime. I get too into that and it messes with my head. You know, I, I have I'm very much like that whole empath thing. It will mess me up for days. So the things I get obsessed about are far less um, mentally taxing if I can help it. Yeah, I can get that. That's That's how I've, I've gotten it. to that point too. I just, I just want to watch like light, fluffy shit. Or I'm into business dramas right now. I've watched Succession. I'm working through Billions right now. Oh man, Succession you know? has been so good. I well, love like Succession. A great British baking show. Yeah, I mean, you know, Mary Berry is is a personal hero of mine. I'm just yeah. happy that old Greg's on it now. It's <laughs> <laughs> my boy right there. I loved Mighty Boosh. It was really, really good. I like Great British Baking Show, obviously. It's an amazing show. If you're not watching it, you're insane. Honestly, if you haven't watched Great British Baking Show at this point, I question, like, a lot. Yeah. You, you, you've had a pandemic, a two-year window. You've had a pandemic, and there's, like, 86 seasons. Ugh. Plus holiday editions. The calmest fucking narrating since this side of planet Earth. You know what I mean? And, and Paul Hollywood and everyone just being like, this is a common dessert that everybody's ever eaten. And me sitting in America going, no, the fuck it isn't. You're like, <laughs> excuse me? This is what? Figs and sarsaparilla? I don't. 
It's been like, oh, 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 the Battenberg. We've all had Battenbergs in the holidays. Have we? Have we, Paul? Paul, please just reach your hand out to me. Paul, reach your hand out, Paul. Reach out. So nerdy obsessions is is what we're kind of aiming at here. I mean, these are pretty. Those are. I don't think they necessarily have to be nerdy, but I mean, the obsessions Things that you would that describe have. yourself as a nerd for. Yes, that's a okay. Good one. That's that's the better way to put it. Ah, man. Um, Educate us, sir. What is yours? Uh, I mean, there's there's a large list. If I'm being a hundred percent honest, um, <laughs> just drop one deuce in our lap, baby. Let's do it. All right, I'm, I'm gonna drop three at you. Okay. Oh. Okay. So um, one thing that I've become extremely nerdy about right now, uh, it's it's especially weird one for me right now, and I'm not sure why, but I've become very obsessive about budget automatic watches. Okay. Okay, explain that, please. Okay, so you can get, you can get basically three different types of watch. Um, you can get a solar, you can get a mechanical, or you can get a battery operated. Okay. Now, the mechanical ones operate from winding or from motion, and they're considered the nicest of them. And the ones you think of when you think of those are like Rolex, Tag Hauer, Patek Philippe, shit that I'll never afford in my life. Mm -hmm. Ever. Ever. There are Patek Philippe watches that are like $80,000. I'm just not fucking doing it. (laughs) Like, even if I had the money, I don't think I'm doing it. So um, what I've become obsessed with is finding like sub $50, sub $100 quality automatic watches um i found a really weird one from russia it's the russian diving watch it self-pressurizes that the deeper you go down the Whoa. case expands and locks everything in watertight like just and it's like 65 dollars <laughs> because <laughs> because the russians made it and it's made out of fucking you know pot metal but it works um, pretty obsessed with that. Um, a long-standing one for me has been uh, homemade instruments, homemade stringed instruments. Um, I like to make uh, cigar box guitars. Really? Um, oh yeah, that's interesting. I made my mom a uh, plank wood ukulele. Um, I've thought about making a canjo as of recently, which is a banjo out of a can. I have a now, stack of cigar boxes, some in the midst of being built um, that have pickups and volume pots and everything like that. So how do they sound? Really fucking dirty, which is what I like about them. Like they, <laughs> they, they, they do not sound good. They can sound really good. I mean, I've, uh-huh. I've seen some people with some really um, higher level builds that I have the money or time for um, who have made some that sound like professional luthiers make them. Um, but for the most part, they sound a little bit scratchy, a little bit fuzzy. They sound like a swamp. And that's what you're going for. Oh, yeah, 100%. You're playing with a slide. You want it to sound like you're summoning something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> I've got one that I've had for the better part of eight years. It was a, like the second one ever I made. It's El Cheapo Bandito. It doesn't even have a... It doesn't even have a uh, tuning peg on it. I just screwed the guitar string onto it. <laughs> you can't tune it. It's loose. It has exactly one note that you can variate on, but it's mine, damn it. <laughs> I made it with my hands with a with a pipe clamp. 
it gives uh, you me know, joy. I don't know. No, the, hey, that's the thing. It's the little things like that, you know? Yep, agree completely. Yeah. You can pull that out of nowhere, and that's like an amazing conversation starter. Mm, true facts. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I want to piggyback off of that a little bit, talk about one of the things I'm obsessed with. Um, so people who, who may know me well enough know that um i like toys i really do um i like uh i like action figures and and transformers and all of that stuff um but i'm not the type that likes to like pose and put up on for decoration right one of the things i really like doing um with toys is customizing them um and i'm not saying i'm great at it I'm really not, you know, they look dirty and grimy sometimes, but I become obsessed with getting a figure, looking at the things that are flaws on it or things that I perceive to be flaws and just working on it and making it look better or feel better or sound better. And the thing is, is that like, it isn't like I'm going to do anything with it, but it it becomes a project. It becomes something that I can build upon. Yeah, you know, um, case in point, a company named Mafex made a Batman, um, and his joints are loose, his paint is whack, and he has a wire in his cape that makes it look like he's the material looks like it's made of chef's apron or something. It doesn't look great. And the thing is, is you look at that and it's like it's a diamond in the rough. You know, you can you can polish that. You can make it look good. So you learn about how you can tighten a joint or you learn about how you can loosen a joint. You learn about ways to apply paint that will stick to the figure, the certain kind of plastic. Really? It won't just it won't just melt away, you know? Um, and then you go past that and you learn about how to sew. You learn about ways to do seamstress work or, or seamster or whatever it is for guys. I don't know. Um, and get Seam a good Meister. tape. Yeah, seam meister. You get one that's got a good fabric, a good weight to it, and you try your best to make it look as close to either your dream or just what you are just hoping for. Um, beyond that, I also really like just taking characters and then turning them into entirely new ones. You know, um, that started like when you're building Lego sets and you don't follow the instructions, you know? Yep. Yeah. Well, then you find yourself like, I don't really give a shit about like a, a toy that I got for like $5. But if I could make this shitty looking swamp thing look like Moss Man from He-Man, well, then let's paint. Let's let's do some crafts. Let's I dig that. Let's take some junk that we found in our little junk drawer and add it to this guy and make them look totally different. You talk about the Warhammer and the painting on the, the, the figurines and stuff like that. Yeah. I live for that sort of thing. It's one of the reasons that I love playing the, the Fire Pro Wrestling game that I know that we've all played. Um, so much customizing, the amount of like stuff you can get your hands into. Yeah. Oh my God, I could spend days doing it love that shit yeah it's it's excellent i got paint pins right now just like staring me in the face like we should do something after this baby (laughs) (laughs) i'd like to see some of your work oh god no you don't 
Hey, I'd like to I'd like to support you in your endeavors and be a good friend. Yeah, fuck that. What you just did. <laughs> well, my bad. Okay, I'll show you something later. Thank you. God. All I want mm. is friendship. <laughs> right now, I currently have a He-Man staring me in the face who is made from an Arnold Schwarzenegger Conan. You see, that's the uh, I that's that's the shit I want to see, bro. So that's then fine. I'll send you it. I, I want you to I want you to send it to me and I can try to guess what it's made out of. Well, I've already just well, told you told you. me that one. <laughs> I don't think that's your only project if this is something you're nerdy about. No, no, but appreciate it, man. I, I, I will I will throw some your way. That's what I like to hear. Joshua Waka Flock of Flame. What about you, baby? So I got I had two things that I, I were going with that name. Uh, you know, I just kind of roll with it. Um, I'm really, really, really hyped for the weather. Okay, and like now, now yeah. what I need you to do is, is <laughs> just what I need to understand is when you say I'm hyped for the weather, are you like hyped for good oh. weather, or are you hyped for like interesting oh, patterns? Oh, jet streams. So okay, when hurricane season starts, all right, I follow all of the hurricane subreddits and the discords and like all that shit so that I know. I, I have been able to successfully predict what's going to happen with the hurricane for like the last probably 10 years. And this all started when I was a kid. I, just, I don't know why I got into the weather when I was a kid, but like I, I went outside and like my dad taped me doing like weather reports and shit like that. And I don't so know. This is longstanding. This is yeah. like a, a recent, this isn't like a pandemic thing you picked up. No, 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 no. I like, I, I just, I love it. I love like, being the guy that that's like, oh, it's going to rain tomorrow and it's going to be cold. And I said, well, you know, it might not be as cold as as it's saying it's going to be because of what's happening here and blah, blah, blah. Like I have um, my grandfather was super into it, too. I actually have his hurricane tracking map on my wall. Well, and, sounds uh, like, it sounds like you come by this honestly. Then I, mean, I, like, I do. Clearly. He, he, uh, he would he would track them. It's like a corkboard thing. It's got yeah. the. Uh, like the, really about half, a little more than half of the, of the country on it, a little bit in the Atlantic ocean, that kind of stuff. And he would track hurricanes with colored push pins and, uh, it always, Oh hung, yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It always hung behind their, uh, one of their doors and he would just like, it was, you know, four feet away from the TV. So if there was a weather update with the hurricane, he was right there, like plotting, plotting the stuff. And, and I, one of the things I, I made sure I grabbed from him after he died. And uh, yeah, it's on my wall right now. I'll post a picture of it. I, I love it. I just, I just really like get into the, to the ins and outs of how the weather works and like being able to, to tell like if we need to actually evacuate for a hurricane or if we can really just sit at home. I think it's really important um, if, you know, having come from an area similar to where you live now, mm. it is really important to know that stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, I joke about the whole jet stream thing, but now that you've explained it, I'm like, holy shit. No, I grew up just like that. I just moved to a place where there is no good weather. So there's nothing to be fun to have fun with over here. But, oh, my God, hurricanes and stuff like that. Would you ever would you ever be one of those storm chaser types? I was about to say, it sounds like storm chasing without the actual chase. I wouldn't be a storm. I'm too much of a like a wimp to do the storm chasing be, thing. Would you be like, like like their logistical guy, like the guy with the computer back at the base? Yeah, I could definitely see myself doing that. Yeah. 
So you're saying you're Philip Seymour Hoffman? You would talk to them about yeah. the Suck Zone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's Emilio Estevez. Zone. He's he's that goth lady from NCIS. Yep, exactly. That's me. Oh, God. The, the data <laughs> analytics person. Yeah, is this the, the person who's just like, they're like top, they touch the thing in their ear and they're like, hey, how many cc's or whatever El Nino's trying to hack us and then just like show him. <laughs> I'm blocking him out hold on trying to, trying to hack Wait. my hack my air move out of the way and then both of you are typing on the same keyboard oh, oh. god yes my Fucking other own. thing speaking of keyboards is mechanical keyboards um if you're in the discord discord.carolinasocialclub.com uh one of my buddies, my very like very close friends, posts in the art and technology channel all the time because he's a keyboard builder, and uh, he brought me in on that hobby back in 2011, and it's just manifested from there. So when when you were talking about uh, things you get into and just kind of like really deep dive, and I said, well, it kind of depends on the cost. To to give you an idea, I just joined a group buy for, and I apologize, Kelly, when you hear this because while it is. <laughs> While it is still my money, it's a lot of money that I've spent. Um, We're talking four figures? Uh, no, not not that, okay. not that, not that expensive. I was, like, I was like, damn, son. So I joined a group buy for a new keyboard, and uh, it's like my one of my first like premium, super high end type keyboards. The group buy for just the case and the um, like the PCB and the plate which is how like things are mounted and stuff like that was $365. And uh, that is actually on the lower end for some of these, some of these gonna, higher. I'm going to say it right now. You've just thrown some terms and I'm not entirely sure what they mean. Like okay. plate. So on some keyboards, there's like, it's everybody manufactures keyboards differently in, in this particular hobby. Some people don't use a plate, which is just like a. a well, yeah. Explain the plate. I'm trying to to think of a, of an easy like okay so you know how you have an egg carton and you just put the eggs in it right yeah I'm hearing you so far so a, a plate for a keyboard is kind of like that like that's you put that on top of the PCB which is like the electronic board that controls all the all the things that the keyboard does uh-huh. and then you sit the 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 plate on top of that and then you put the switches for the keyboard which are just like the individual keys um into that and so it's just there it's one of the one of the ways that those things get produced and, and constructed some okay. some some manufacturers don't use a plate some do some have like a a whole different kind of system it's like a whole thing um and so my my friend mike or queso in the discord is like really into the stuff and i have gotten into the stuff more as a result of it but it's a very expensive hobby and i ain't got no job right now so it's like <laughs> something I have to be very careful about and I have to be very picky about the way that I spend these kind of things and like it's but it's just one of those things that it's like grown up Legos for me and for him you know you pick what you want there are hundreds of different kinds of switches out there they all sound different they all look different they all feel different there are different keycaps which are like the actual you know letters and numbers and tab and caps lock and all that stuff that you so can it sounds get. very, uh, you know, kind of uh, customizable in how yeah. you want to approach it and how serious you want to kind of dive into it. Yeah. So, like, you know, if you go back through the Art and Technology channel, actually, I think the Art and Technology channel is basically just all of him posting videos. And well, I'm uh, start posting <laughs> cigar guitars, and B can start posting fig mashes. 
Yeah, but like that's I mean you can kind of see how how it like manifests and how it evolves and stuff like that and uh yeah, it's just it's one of my favorite things. It's one, and and I started I I was initially a little reticent to get into it because you know, do you really need a super duper fancy keyboard to like do your work or play games or whatever? And then I, and then I realized like I I spend you know, 8 to to 14 hours a day on the computer between working and, and hobby stuff and video games and things like that. Like, so, you know, why not? And why not at least try it out and see if it makes a difference to you? Yeah. And, it and does. if it doesn't, it makes you happy, you know? Yeah. It's, I, I love it. Like I, I have uh, three new keycap sets come in this week <laughs> just because nice. they're, they're different looks and they were on sale. There you go. So this is an interesting set that we're obsessed about things that we do in our spare time and there there's a litany of other things but i want to i want to ask you guys just kind of like as a round table thing what is one i guess um brand or show or just niche just just like one i don't know what best way to describe it uh that you are obsessed with that you have to watch or read as soon as you see that it's out Ooh. Like if it drops, I'm there. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I can break that down to a lot of different things. I can break that into articles, um, merch drops, and uh, um, YouTube channels. <laughs> like, okay. Like uh, for articles, anytime, um, every year I wait for this so much. Uh, Drew McGarry, who's a pretty well-known writer, I guess. Um <laughs> He'd love hearing that. Uh, he does a feature before every NFL season called Why Your Team Sucks. <laughs> yes, and, I've read those. And Why Your Team Sucks is like, it's it's like Christmas for me, especially when it gets to the Raiders. Ugh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I'm a Raiders fan and I like to be miserable. Um, Amen, brother. But my and, and one of the things that I really, really strive for is he ends every one of them after he completely eviscerates the team. He ends every one of them from let's hear it from Blank's fans. And of course, they hate the team more than anyone. The yeah. fans always hate yep. the team more. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I remember one for the, for the Raiders was this guy said, I ended up in a bar in Southern California and I was wearing a Raiders jersey. Uh, some guy jumped, bumped into me and spilled his drink on me. And without even anyone saying anything three latino gentlemen materialized and fought him on my behalf <laughs> the police questioned me all because we were raiders fans <laughs> wow um oh so, so that goodness. definitely um uh strangely enough for somebody who and and you know anyone can attest to this i basically wear shoes until they are rags um I don't take good care of footwear i don't spend a lot of money on footwear if i can help it but um, the show Full Size Run on YouTube. What if is that? It is, it's, it's amazing. Uh, so what Full Size Run is, is it's an interview show with someone who has a history in sneakers, like a notable sneaker designer, or someone who is famous and who is famous for having um, a good sneaker collection. Like, uh, you know, they have felt like Fat Joe's on there, but also people like Mayor, Clark Kent, um, designers from Nike, you know, just all these all these different people. And it's uh, it's three hosts. Um, two of them are guys who write for Complex, and one of them is Trinidad James. 
Okay. Of course. So, <laughs> so invariably, you know, it's, and, and it's, it's really just, they talk about personal sneaker history. They talk about what's about to drop. And for whatever reason, I just, it, it enthralls me. And I'm not sure why part of it is the editing is really, really, really top notch. Um, the editing does a lot of really good cuts. It does a lot of good editorializing in subtitles during the show. It's very, very unique in its style. And two, it's just kind of nice to see the artistry of sneakers and to kind of hear people describe why something is important to them, be it historical, you know, because you'll have people from New York talk about things like, you know, Air Force Ones. You know, mm-hmm. Air Force Ones are massive and and Black Forces. And well, if you see me in those, I'm doing a crime. You know, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> Mayhem, Lorenz, Mayhem Lorenz said flat out, he said, if you see me in Black Forces with a gum sole, don't talk to me. I'm on a mission. Wow. <laughs> but but yeah, just you know, stuff, it just it it's it's one of those weird things that I have no real skin in the game of because the very concept of spending three hundred, six hundred, three thousand dollars on a pair of sneakers is the most foreign thing to me on so many levels. But yeah. the it's 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 nice to see someone's passion. And these are three people who are passionate about it and a guest who's passionate about it. And sometimes it's very funny. I mean, there's an episode with Jim Jones that's absolutely off the charts hilarious. Mostly because Jim Jones is fucking funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, that's just something that it just it hits me and I just have to I have to see it. And uh, for merch drops, uh, anytime Meth Syndicate or Silvermore drop anything, I at least want to look and see what it is. I never buy it. Mm-hmm. ever because i'm a man of weird proportions and even if they drop a shirt in a 3x i have to have a 3x lt or i'm just gonna be showing off my gut you know it's hard when you got a 24 inch dick man i get it <laughs> i don't i don't get it but i assume it's hard i don't get it it's, either yeah it's real it's real difficult uh, <laughs> but, uh, i gotta pay attention uh, to those merch drops i tell my tailor be on the lookout man you gotta let that let that midsection out Lyndon Johnson no, uh, over here, Jumbo <laughs> in the place to be. Med Syndicate does a bunch of funny, stupid shirts. Um, uh, he has one that says uh, that's uh, the Bass Pro Shop logo, and it says, I went to Bass Pro Shop, and all I got was my dick sucked in the bathroom. <laughs> so, he has, so he has to drop them very briefly, or else he will get sued. Uh, so it's always good to pay attention. And Silvermore does all these really insane vintage wrestling drops. Like, he just mm-hmm. dropped uh, Don Predator Fry uh sweatshirts i want tom predator fry sweatshirt in the worst way he did fmw ring crew jackets i mean he's just if if he can find it and make it happen he does and it's a lot of really cool stuff none of it that'll ever fit me but it's still neat that somebody's out there like you know whose logo ruled was ecw's i'm gonna put that on hats (laughs) dude wow that's you are you are into that holy shit yeah. The passion that you you like discussed that just then makes me go like I don't even like this shit. I was like, I, I wanna it. I wanna at least like see what you're talking hey, about. Oh, like, dude, send me dude. send me links and shit. Follow like that. him like, on follow him on fucking Twitter. It's insane. Dude. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Let me let me just at least see. <laughs> like he's got he's got uh because he, he'll go places and source shit too. He sells tapes. Remember remember tapes? Tape trading? Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, like he sells like he he just dropped uh, he found it like three copies of UFC seven. On VHS. Like, like just, just the most random stuff, but like he went to he went to uh Mexico and got a whole bunch of bootleg action figures and now he sells the bootleg action figures like just 
as you do as one does as one does yeah everybody knows that mexico is the china of this hemisphere at least when it comes to bootlegs yeah okay i suppose so yeah no i'm saying like if this which which hemisphere well you're you know west 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 i meant west obviously my point is if you ever go you think about knockoffs and stuff like that generally you're going to get something from china maybe something from mexico and bulgaria but i will tell you guys if i'm sticking to toys and and you know what i decided I, all these things that i like i'm going to stick with toys okay um one of the things that um the toy companies in the world hate more than anything are knockoffs right that's true. Uh, where you take their intellectual property and you do whatever the fuck you want with it. That's actually big in the mechanical keyboard community right now, too, because people will like rip off colorways for key set designs. Oh, is, is that a faux pas? Oh, yeah. Big time. Because like what what happens is that there are, and I'm sorry for like bogarting this, but like what happens is that there are different manufacturers that do uh, different profiles and things like that. When I and when I say profile, it's just like different ways that the keys are shaped. Um, but one of them has like a really long timeline for producing sets and getting them out because like this is a niche hobby. And so these kinds of plastics manufacturers don't really allocate a whole lot of bandwidth for this kind of stuff. So like you join a, a group by or, or whatever for, uh, actually a, a colorway that, that you really like, you're waiting anywhere between 18 months and two years to actually receive the product that you, that you ordered. Really? In that time, somebody has taken the uh, like a, a you know another designer or something like that has taken the colorway design and gone to a different manufacturer that does like it has a, a whole different process or whatever and produces the same colorway with the different with the different manufacturer for like much less money and so uh. the original designer gets screwed the. Uh, you know, the original manufacturer kind of gets screwed and then there, and then there's so it's like a very, it's a very big source of contention right now. That's an interesting, uh, interesting thing that you can hear about. Knockoffs are going to be everywhere. They're in the sneaker world. They're, they're all over the place. Oh, um, yeah. but I got to focus more on the toy thing. Cause that's where I know I, I read more about the knockoffs there. Yeah. Um, so for a lot of people that follow along in the toy world, you have um i'm going to stick primarily to transformers here because it's going to be the easiest one for me to explain um you have a lot of um well you have two major companies that were producing transformers you had hasbro and takara tomi hasbro and takara tomi are basically one of the same at this point and you are if you are a Transformers fan, you are at the mercy of that organization, what they want to release, how they want to release it. So if, if they want to put a gimmick on a character, they want to make it so something is spring-loaded and you just want to enjoy the engineering of something, you're shit out of luck because you are going to miss out. You're going to get a spring-loaded disc launcher bullshit thing that if you're a grown-ass man you don't want to feel like you're buying a toy. You want to feel like you're buying something that actually has like that tickles that nostalgia bone, but at the same time challenges you with its engineering, with its design, all of that stuff. You want it to scratch those itches, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. 
Um, and Hasbro for the longest time never did that. They were catering to mass market appeal, which they're within their right to do. They're a fucking billion dollar company or whatever. Right. So <clears throat> thus came the rise of what they call third party. Okay. Third party transformers are these companies that were primarily based out of Hong Kong, Taiwan, China, um, that were actively creating not necessarily bootlegs, but they were trying to scratch that high end itch. Okay. Mm-hmm. For the most part, you were seeing them originally, they were building like armor that would go on pre existing Hasbro figures. Um, if you wanted a, a, an Optimus Prime with like a big armor set on him, you would have to buy like this third party kit for an extra $20. All of that began to shift when a company came out of China called Wei Zhang. Wei Zhang straight up said, nah, fuck it. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take these toys and we're going to find all the engineering flaws and we're just going to fix those flaws and resell the exact same fucking toy. (laughs) So this thing, and I'll I'll link to you guys real quick an example here. They sell, uh, Hasbro sells a Masterpiece Optimus Prime for $350, okay? Okay. Wei Zhang was like, well, we can dismantle the uh, Optimus Prime and we can recast all the things in the exact same like consistency of plastics and metals, maybe even add more metals, sell it for a fraction of the price, and our shit's going to sell. And who's going to stop us? We're in fucking China. Right. So in the Discord right now, is a picture of the original Optimus Prime, three hundred and fifty dollars, yes. and next to him is the Wei Jiang Optimus Prime for one hundred and four dollars. The weight is the same, the engineering is the same, the fact, the like, the quality is almost at this point negligible. The differences, and so like my obsession of watching this stuff kind of flourish and and you want to talk about like merch drops i'm always interested to watch these because it becomes a race when it gets dropped just like your your you do dropping those like t-shirts and shit like that you watch hasbro try their best to stop this company <laughs> and Wei young has like what's like a dozen shells that they just simply rebrand themselves and it always comes back to Wei young they still exist as a company but then they'll be like, okay, we won't, we won't sell this anymore. We're sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Zhang Wei over here now is selling the exact same <laughs> shit. I don't understand what's the difference. They do that. And I'm not even going to lie to you, man. If Even if you, you are ripping off somebody for an intellectual property, if you are fucking broke like a joke, or if you don't want to spend $350 for a toy, then you're going to do that. You're going to jump in on that and get down on this, this quote unquote bootleg, quote unquote uh, knockoff type thing. And I will tell you this as a customizer, the knockoffs are heaven sent because if you want to build upon a figure that you bought for $80 or $100, but it had some flaws, buy the bootleg version too, because you can cannibalize parts off that bootleg version that may be better. I was going to say, like, I'm looking at this picture and I, I think that the knockoff version looks better than the original. <laughs> yeah, it really does look a little bit better. It looks there's a little bit more silkiness to the color. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. 
that's the wonderful the, the wonderful thing about these knockoffs they have the time to fix the things that hasbro or takara tomi don't get to fix so they'll be able to make an augmented version and you'll want to buy that um and also not to mention they can shrink the mold down so you can get it for even cheaper or they can make it even larger that the the toy that i've posted here that is about a 10 inch toy okay, okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's not so bad Wei young has taken optimus primes in the past and made it as tall as two feet damn and, and it's the same like price range one to 125 somewhere in there they there's there's hardly like any argument to be made except for i'm not gonna have something that's not hasbro i'm not gonna have a, a non-american optimus prime or some bullshit it, it's really hard to make that argument you know especially when you ball on a budget now all that to say you want to talk about like youtube channels that i have to watch and again knowing that i'm obsessed with a ton of shit in my life i'm trying to stick to toys here um i want to give a shout out to the youtube channel for d amazing and if you've never seen d amazing if you've ever watched it and i don't even know if anybody who listens to our show even gives a shit about toys um d amazing is this this black dude up in new york and he does the uh these video reviews and one of the things that he does is he'll review practically anything and he'll go through every single piece of a toy um and be very very meticulous he doesn't shit on anything even when something is bad he's not shitting on it he's trying really hard to explain to you how you know he doesn't like it if he keeps going yo it's 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 not for me it's not for me but it might be for you <laughs> but it might be for you so i'm gonna finish this i'm gonna keep going i'm gonna keep going because this is for you and so the, the, he'll, he'll go through the whole thing and then at the end of the um video he's got these super high quality photos of various poses various things he'll get done he does some customizing he gets like things made for his figures and stuff like that and for for just the beauty of the work that this dude does and everybody reviews toys if they buy toys and they've got a youtube channel they review that shit yeah but something about this guy not just his positivity but like his catchphrase alone when i first heard it i was like oh my god this corny motherfucker like, <laughs> four videos in i was like you know what he just genuinely care that i do this because his catchphrase was always like and as always guys do good be good and drink your water later <laughs> nice and i was at first Stay I was hydrated like, i was like this that's, corny that's, bitch that's good advice and then like yeah like the fourth video in, i was like i should drink my water that's right. <laughs> thank you youtube man yeah, yeah honestly youtube's the worst because you can just especially if somebody's been doing content for a long time and yep. you we're completely unaware of it i mean oh, you man. can just get obsessed like that don't even get me started like we're all music heads here and lord knows youtube is the worst for us shit that's the fucking truth that's the truth i'm glad that we're kind of avoiding talking about youtube video for for music because we'll never stop this 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 podcast <laughs> yeah Marath marathoning this um on the the subject of like things that i'm obsessed with brand wise i will watch anything star wars when it comes out i'm not one of those like super hard up detail star wars people but like i just enjoy the world like in the universe um 
there are a couple of people I watch for mechanical keyboard stuff, including my buddy Queso, who can be found at youtube.com slash Queso TV. He just hit up. He just hit partner on YouTube. I'm just I'm really sad that it's Queso because the entire time I've been reading it is KSO. It, it's KSO. I mean, it, it's either way. Right. But people, I mean, it's it's obviously right there. <laughs> um, and then like cooking cooking youtubes like sam the cooking guy oh god cooking youtubes i mean Jesus. you and i have talked about this though yeah you and i maddie matheson still still waiting on that third season of just a dash <laughs> right oh man wow. anything matheson oriented i honestly thought about buying matheson like shirts I've, i just anything you put them on i'll watch and there was a guy um there's a guy who owns a restaurant in new orleans named isaac toops and i wish yeah, that he, toops, yeah. i wish he had like a a, a consistent YouTube channel, yeah, because yeah. because he was great on uh, the little things I've seen him on, which are mostly um, the Vice. Here's how you cook blank, and yeah. uh, he, he was on a, Fuck That's Delicious a couple times. He did an episode with Babish too about Cajun cooking. So yeah, that's was, right, he did. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's hilarious yeah. too. Yeah, and he and he definitely, you know, sometimes you think maybe somebody's putting on a little bit of an act. No, no that he's, guy he's is. Just, he's just he's just full bore Cajun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I love full-born Cajun people, man. Yeah, no, that's he's, like he's the whole phenomenal. other half of my family that's like that. Oh. Uh, cooking YouTube is is easy to get obsessed under. Um, yeah, music is is bad because you can start getting into really variation things about music and yep. live cuts or reacts. Yeah. Fuck, I love a, I love a good music react video. Oh God, <laughs> I went down a rabbit hole for those. Like it was a, a guy who mostly listens to like metal or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the somebody, classical guy responds to no it, reviews. Somebody tuned him to, uh, turned him on to pentatonics, mm. and I was and it, he was like, "Oh my god, I'm having like a an experience right now." And I'm like, "Yeah, you are." <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> you're goddamn right, you are, buddy. Yeah, you are. That's, that's pentatonics, baby. No, there's one that's a it's a classical composer, and and for the most part, he just he just reacts to Opeth and Tool. I love and that, and it's really funny because he'll like pause it and he'll be like, "Oh, good, okay, yes." Yeah, so so you know, thirteen, sixteen time, not usually heard, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't actually give a shout out to the charismatic voice in this too. Honestly, yeah. Sure. Uh, if you if you've not watched charismatic voice. I mean, please do that. That woman follows talking about Opeth and Tool and all that other shit. Like, she is adorable with her reactions. Yeah, she's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw her do a react to typo negative, and you know, it, seeing anybody hear Peter Steele's voice for the first time is always a joy. Yes. Oh, yeah. She she reacts to a lot of great stuff. Um, and then. She's not a she's not someone to sneeze at either. She's even reacted to her own shit, and she is she's a <laughs> damn good singer. It's wild. Like, We've created this entire industry of like, watch me listen to this thing you've heard. Yeah. <laughs> I fell down the rabbit hole bad with uh, reactions to Little Dicky's "Sway in the Morning" freestyle. <laughs> oh my god, dude! I like... seeing people try to break it down and always fail to catch everything is is a great joy for me. <laughs> Yeah, I I will sometimes get stuck watching little Dicky freestyle videos just in general. Mm, true and facts. Then, and then and then people watching like are doing the reaction videos to it too is is always is always a blast. And and I and I would I um 
I can't remember what they call it on Sway when they when they give you the five different beats. It's the five fingers of death. Five fingers of death. God, I I I have been on five fingers of death rolls before. Mm-hmm. It's it's so funny to hear people try to try to react well. The What's, one who the one who killed it's the only one who I've ever seen actually edited. They edited the speaks because he made some very disparaging comments about Mike Pence. <laughs> like they put it up and there's this long section where it's just it's just blank and everybody in the comments is like did they edit a freestyle on the wake up <laughs> yep wow. yeah they had to buddy <laughs> for a lot of reasons yeah i'll uh i'll find myself if i if i get into that mode where i'm listening to little dicky freestyles then all of a sudden i'll be like on battle rap youtube for hours oh my god battle rap youtube I like used to soul, watch uh, it's like Soul Con and fucking like No, I got I got even deeper than that. There was this thing, um, this channel, all hip hop all the time, AHAT. And they were based out of Vegas, right? And they would post an easy six battles a week. And I mean, varying degrees of people who were somewhat talented and who maybe weren't. Um <laughs> Like <laughs> it's it, it was really fun to watch. There was like a there was a juggalo guy, uh, of course. He, he showed up to do that, um, and and it was funny to see a lot of people. You could see people who actually just were there to have fun doing battle rap, and people who were like, "I'm gonna get my crew over." <laughs> yeah. who, I'm gonna get my crew over. Invariably, garbage, just trash. Mm. And I'm gonna watch AHAT freestyles. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Oh, this is this has been this has been nice to to just go deep and feeling like a completely nerdy person. Oh, we yeah. didn't even we didn't even talk about like anime or pro wrestling or anything like that either. No, so I didn't even talk about my my legitimate nerdy stuff. Like you know, I play first edition Dungeons and Dragons. So like we could uh, do an episode two about this. Yeah, honestly, let's push <laughs> it up. the The worst the worst part for me is when you said star wars i felt my haunches raise up and i'm like everybody knows star trek is better I'm like don't do it don't do it don't do it <laughs> i will Listen, never understand I lo- why we have to be separatists yeah i was say, i love star trek too like for for sure i just i just want to you know troll everyone who who listens that's all i mean okay, yeah that's let's, let's let's troll them all benjamin cisco you, wasn't a good captain you're a piece of shit <laughs> <all I'm> <laughs> benjamin cisco more like benjamin loser nice this motherfucker is named after the Fong Song Man, sir. I don't want to hear it. Listen, Benjamin Cisco is awesome. Uh, DS9 is great because it's the only place where you can get, uh, in general, uh, you can get um, Iggy Pop. Yeah. Name another. St- name another Star Trek series where you get Iggy Pop. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not getting them. No. You're not getting them. You get. Uh, you get Jeffrey Combs often. And Jeffrey Combs oh. is the best part of any Star Trek series. Rene Abergenois is just an amazing actor. And he I is. love that he was his Odo. Fantastic. Odo, phenomenal. Odo so uh, on, honestly, honestly, I'll state this right now, and and I'll, I will put this stake in the ground. DS9 is the best Trek series of all of them. You don't have to put that stake in the ground like it's a problem, because I'll fight anybody who says different. It is it is the best piece of Star Trek media. Yes. Period. Better than any film. Yes. Better than the novels or the comics or whatever else. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's it's fucking intense. You tell me I've, you don't like you don't like Gold Cat. I mean, there's so much good stuff there. Uh, <laughs> I've I've told I, I've even told my wife like because because she has 
not been a star trek fan but every time she's sat down and watched it she has been enthralled mm-hmm. and i'm like trust me if i sit you down and show you ds9 from the moment wharf walks on the 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 scene mm. the show is just like it doesn't stop it, feels it does not good stop to watch. it does not stop it has um it has my f- maybe my favorite character in all of any space media which is your caddy gay taylor slash spy <laughs> <laughs> fucking garrick is the shit dude oh my god yes he's so fucking great dude <laughs> so good and oh everyone's good friend miles o'brien that was miles, uh, miles o'brien who is the most relatable character if you'll watch i mean guys if you haven't watched lower decks on paramount plus i highly recommend it just you know, because i have not given it a shot it is basically star trek and rick and morty all in one show I could do if that. And, and if for nothing else there's a scene in one of the episodes where it takes place further into the future long after the instants are long gone and it's a teacher teaching about um how one of the ensigns is the worst person in starfleet's history and she's like and now to end this on a lighter note let us talk about the greatest person in starfleet history and then she like steps back and there's this giant golden statue of miles o'brien behind her that's my boy and i'm like (laughs) yes o'brien for life he was more than a hero he was a union man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh God, y'all. Oh man, we could talk about this forever. We need we need to see. I want to get one super Star Wars person on here one day. And have like a Star Trek versus Star Wars. Yeah, because I just want to hear what kind of lies they can spill. Okay. I mean, if you want me to be the opposing answer on that, I I can try. I don't want you to be because I feel like it would just be not fun. I mean, it would definitely be false. <laughs> yeah I, I, because at some point i'm going to have to be disparaging towards track and i can't because track also rules yeah you need a true believer who do, do we know anybody who's a true believer though i, I have at our age <laughs> ben yeah maybe 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 it's a maybe that's a strong maybe Oh no! Please, if you're in the, if you're in the discord sound off are you a star wars yeah star if, you, if you're person? in the discord and, and you'd like to be famous um well famous ish <laughs> <laughs> if you're in the discord and you'd like to be lambasted by one of the hosts of the carolina social club <laughs> well actually i don't know it may, it may just we'll all just stomp you out i don't know oh no no you called down that thunder that's for you josh and i'll be referees yeah i like I'll how you say thunder like there's any thunder <laughs> that they're gonna get there may me. be thunder man i don't know no no what if he puts that call out and then there's just somebody who who shows up like a like a gunslinger in a saloon just like i'll do it <laughs> uh i don't want to hear it at, at best at best they are buster scruggs at best oh all right somehow you're fucking, somehow you're uh, already talking shit about your opponent who doesn't exist it's whoever you no, are is, you know what's gonna happen yeah. is it like hayden christensen is gonna somehow listen to this episode and then be and then just jump on no what's gonna happen for that though is hayden christensen is gonna come on and he goes you know, you've got some uh, some some viable thoughts there. I like that. I like that. <laughs> and it's going to be like, stop being so likable, Hayden. Stop it. He Your really acting is, was he terrible. Really is likable. Was it the acting or the writing? I don't know, Hayden. God damn it. You got me questioning everything. It's tough. I it's question tough, everything dude. like you question sand. All right, y'all. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us for tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We appreciate y'all listening. 
Uh, sorry about the the week break. We just you know needed a needed a gathering week to kind of catch our breath and just refresh a little. We're good. Yeah, refresh a little bit. So we'll be back next time with another another fun episode. Uh, you can give us topic suggestions in the Discord, which is discord.carolinasocialclub.com. And for myself, Josh, me, and Eddie, we wish you good night. Have a good one. So long.